0: Come and listen into a radio station where the Matter host of heaven sing. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on.
1: Welcome to the Shady Grove Radio Podcast, a production of Shady Grove United Methodist Church in Mechanicsville, Virginia.
0: Turn your radio on and listen to the music in the air. Turn your radio on, turn your radio on and glory. This week share.
1: we'll hear a message from Buzz Edwards entitled Being a Father. Still working on it. Based on John 14, 5 through 7 and James 2, 26. Turn your radio
0: Good morning. My name is Janet Lewis, and I will be reading from the New Revised uh, Standard Version of the Bible. John 14 five through seven and James two twenty six. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, and the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. James two twenty six. For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is also dead. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
1: Good morning. My name is Buzz Edwards. I'm the chair of the Shady Grove Church Council. Um, When I took that position, nobody told me that this might be included, so surprise. When Pastor Wayne asked me if I'd be willing to give a Father's Day message, my initial thought was, sure, I'm a father. I can do this. But the more I thought about it, the more I realized that while all fathers share a great deal in common, We all approach the task from different directions and for different reasons. We enter fatherhood clueless. Our sons and daughters don't come with instructions or owner's manuals. We're we're men, so we probably wouldn't use them anyway. (laughs) So we stumble through, learning as we go, doing our best to love and protect them. But it seems a bit presumptuous for me to try and speak about what all fathers experience. So I decided I can only talk about what I've experienced what it means to me to be a father, to share what I've learned from my father, what I've learned through my experiences, and what I hope my sons have learned from me. My father's father was Henry B. Edwards. No one knew when he was named that he would be the start of a long line of Henrys in the Edwards family, five generations so far. He was the grandfather my sisters and I never knew. Henry B. Senior died when my father was just 17 years old. In the Gospel of John, as you heard, Jesus tells Thomas, if you really know me, you will know my father as well. I think that holds true for most fathers and sons, and in that way, I know my grandfather through his son. Most, if not all, of what I know about him came from my father, by word or by action. I know he was a railroad man. I know that he died of pneumonia. And I I know that he loved his only son, my father. Everything else I know about my grandfather is from traits I believe he passed on to my father. My father was Henry B. Edwards, Jr. Um, Since I was asked at the first service, B does not stand for Buzz. It's a family name, Baird, B-A-Y-A-R-D. He grew up in a small town in uh, North Carolina. He apprenticed at the Newport News Shipyard after high school and he served in the Army during World War II and fought in Europe. After the war, he attended the University of Virginia on the GI Bill, and he graduated with a degree in electrical engineering. He was the smartest man I've ever known, and he passed on his love of the university to me. My dad passed away in 1996 after suffering with Alzheimer's disease in his later years. Like many sons, I inherited many of his traits, both good and bad. I think most fathers want to pass on what they perceive as their good traits to their children, But what we tend to see most in our kids are the traits we would have preferred not to pass on. One of the hardest parts about being a father is the realization that my children were and still are destined to repeat at least some of the mistakes that I made growing up, plus a few that they picked up on their own. My dad taught me to love sports even though I was never an accomplished athlete. One of my enduring memories of childhood is my father playing catch with me as a young boy. My dad was a baseball pitcher in high school, and he absolutely, and he got me a, a catcher's mitt for our games of catch. He loved to throw me knuckleballs. And if, if you've ever tried to catch a knuckleball, you know what I'm talking about. He thought it was hilarious to watch me struggle to get my mitt in front of the ball, only to feel it thump against my chest more times than not. My, my mother was never amused. One of the great joys of my fatherhood has been watching all my sons participate in organized sports and being fortunate enough to coach my two youngest in baseball and basketball. A highlight for me was playing in the church basketball league with my two youngest boys, all three of us on the court at the same time. Thank you, Rodney. (laughs) My dad introduced me to mathematics at a young age, and it still fascinates me to this day. My dad taught me to argue passionately and forcefully, and we practiced that a lot. (laughs) This is a trait that I most certainly passed on to my sons, much to Bonnie's dismay. (laughs) But my dad also taught me to take responsibility for my mistakes. I grew up with four sisters and no brothers, so the chore of mowing the grass was always mine and mine alone. When I was uh, 11 or 12 years old, he took pity on me and bought a riding lawnmower. But I was never very mechanically inclined. I didn't think much about cars and uh, and engines. So one day, as I was mowing the lawn, the engine sputtered for a moment, and then there was a big bang and fire shot out of the muffler. (laughs) And the mower just stopped, dead. I went into the house and informed my dad that the lawnmower had blown up. My dad was uh, watching a ball game, and uh, he looked at me and gave me this incredulous look, and he said, what do you mean blew up? Well, I told him what had happened, and he asked, did you check the oil? And I replied, oil? <laughs> I got to ride with my dad in the dead lawn mower to Sears and listened to my dad explained to the sales clerk what his idiot son had done. (laughs) Lesson learned. He taught me to be self-reliant and to always have confidence in my own abilities. He taught me to make decisions on my own. I damaged the cartilage in my knee playing backyard football when I was in the eighth grade. My dad went with me to the doctor and the doctor was recommending that we remove the uh, cartilage which was fairly common back in those days. My dad gave me his advice, using his favorite expression, take a fool's advice, son, but left the decision to me. I took my father's advice and I put, put off surgery until it absolutely had to be done. That happened just a couple of years ago, so thanks for the good advice, Dad. He showed me that many of the things we do in life, we do out of respect to others. He taught me and my sisters from a young age that all people should be treated with respect regardless of any of our perceived differences due to race, ethnicity, or religious beliefs, or, or anything else for that matter. And most importantly, he impressed upon me the importance of truth and honor in a man's life. I think a lot of these lessons are lessons that our Heavenly Father wants us to know and share with others. We can make mistakes and learn from them. We can... There are different ways to share our support for those we love. We ultimately have the freedom to make our own decisions. And the best we can do is respect others and treat all people well. Kind of sounds like the golden rule to me. When Pastor Wayne and I talked about this message, he said something that resonated with me. We are raising our children to live in a world that no longer exists. This is true for every generation and it's true not only of biological fathers but also adult friends and mentors, family members, anyone involved in raising the next generation. We acknowledge that responsibility here at Shady Grove every time we baptize a child. Many of the things that were important to my dad were generational. How to dress, how to act around others, how to speak. And many of those things were rejected by my generation and by me. So just as our sons reject some of the perceived good things we'd like to pass on, some of the perceived bad traits our fathers have are passed on unintentionally. My father's generation and my father were taught that men do not openly display affection. So my father was never a hugger with his son. And that's not a criticism, but it's just how he was raised. When my mother died when she was only 54 years old, my father had to change that part of himself. He became a more nurturing parent to my younger sisters. My older sister and I were both grown and already already on our own, but my three little sisters were still in school and living at home and my baby sister was only 11 years old. The father my older sister and I knew was not the father that my younger sisters knew. I've always admired him for being the I've always admired him for changing to be the person that my little sisters needed him to be. But not long after my mother's passing, my dad and I faced another challenge. My older sister and I had moved back home temporarily, and my dad began to stop at a bar after work for a drink on his way home. This was not that unusual, but my sisters and I became concerned as it became more frequent. And we decided that we needed to have a talk with him. In a vote that went totally along sexist lines, I was picked to have the talk. (laughs) I lobbied very hard for the oldest, but I obviously lost out. When my dad came home that night, I met him in our kitchen, and I told him that we needed to have a talk. I told him that we, my sisters and I, were worried that he might be drinking too much. He responded with a look that only my father could give and paused before speaking. To this day, I cannot tell you exactly what he said, because, probably because I was scared to death of what he would say. But he replied calmly and quietly, and the stops at the bar ceased. I believe that is the point where he recognized that I had grown up to be the man that he expected me to be. And I, just like my own father and all human fathers, have made mistakes. When I started working on this message, I googled fathers in the Bible, and I got predictable results. Adam, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, King David, Moses, and of course, Joseph, Jesus' earthly father. All were righteous men, and all were flawed as well. But the father in the Bible that I identify with most is the father of the prodigal son. I understand his pain when his son left, not knowing if he would ever return. And I understand his joy and relief when the son he thought he had lost returned. All the biblical fathers I mentioned shared their faith with their sons and daughters as my father and mother did with me and my sisters. I was raised as a Methodist. I was confirmed in the Methodist church and I've always considered myself to be a Christian. But as I grew older, I became disenchanted with the church and organized religion in general, and I stopped going to church. When Bonnie and I got married and started having children of our own, I was determined to let my sons make their own decisions about what they believed. I did not realize that I had made it impossible for them to believe in a God that I had never introduced them to. I was a living example of what James said for as the body without spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. This was hammered home to me when my oldest son informed me that he did not believe in God. Within days, he had enlisted in the Marine Corps and was on his way to Paris Island, and I was lost. I have never in my life felt like such a complete failure. After that, I was determined not to repeat the same mistake with my two youngest sons. And the next Sunday, I went to church with Bonnie so my sons could not use me as an excuse not to go. I still didn't understand what James was saying, but Jesus revealed himself to me that day through a Sunday school teacher and through the the sermon. I answered the pastor's call to choose Christ and went to the altar and prayed, asking for and receiving God's forgiveness that very day. Today, I try to live my faith and hopefully let people see Christ through me. And I continue to pray for God to reveal himself to my sons, my daughters-in-law, and my grandchildren as he, he has revealed himself to me. The thought that I'd like to leave you with today is don't make my mistake. Share your faith with your children and with others. Make sure everyone you know, your children, and all those around you know what you believe, not so much by what you say. But by your good works.
0: touch with God. And turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Well, turn your radio on. And listen, and listen to, to the, the music world. in the air. Turn your radio. Turn your radio on. And then glory shed. Turn your lights down. Well, turn your lights down. Low. And, and listen, listen to the, the master's radio. radio.